Live from Ryan's office, it's the first annual Rom-Com Oscars! With the John Williams Orchestra. Look at the stars tonight. Look at them in all their regalia. Look, ah, they're all in the front row. Who's that? Oh, there's Jack Nicholson with his shaved head that one time in 2008, and it freaked everyone out. Oh, Jack, you're grimacing at us, but I know you love us. I know you love us. That's the Uh, smile. Don't hit on Jennifer Lawrence this year. Uh, Welcome, everybody. This is is the first and hopefully not only Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Com's Oscars, the Rom-Com Oscars. Rom-com gents is his Oscars. This is our Oscars, and it's a special event because it's it's our first year. This is going to kind of work as a year in review, mm-hmm. right? Where we go back through all of the previous movies that we've watched and kind of lay out the the Oscars that we think they deserve. I, we've given one to almost every single movie, every episode, but, mm-hmm. but this is special because we've come up with our own categories. Ryan, what's your experience with the real Oscars? Like, I mean, this is the better, most improved Oscars, of course, but like with the old Oscars, I guess we can call them. The lame Oscars, what I would do ever since I was, I guess, 12 or 13, I was an avid watcher. I remember Mm. one time we were at my grandma's in Olympia and it was Sunday afternoon. I'm like, guys, we need to go home because the ceremony (laughs) starts at six and it's four and we're We're, a couple hours away. Were you, um, were you trying to catch the, the red carpet at all? No, never interested in the red carpet. So I, I started around the same time. It was, I was probably my first Oscars that I watched. I was probably 11 Mm -hmm. or so. And I would pretend not to like the red carpet stuff. But I kind and I I didn't like any of the like check out this dress or anything like that. But I liked seeing kind of celebrities bemoaning the experience and pretending to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and and then every once in a while you get one that's like you know kind of giddy to be there and that's fun too. But I I kind of still like it a little bit to this day. But more from an academic standpoint. Uh, more anthropological. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm, here comes a wild tyler perry how did he get to the oscars we'll never know oh somebody's gonna interview him all the way from his island in georgia so ryan you very graciously let me kind of handle the nominations um yeah like that matt damon lookalike guy who screwed everything up royally when he said la la land was the winner Matt Damon lookalike guy. Do you not remember? Like he worked for like House Fisher Price or whatever it was called. Oh, oh, the oh, people yeah, who yeah, did yeah, yeah. the actual voting machine. And he always it was so funny. Like for several years, he looked just like Matt Damon, and every host would make fun of him. Like, oh, Matt Damon got here, guys. Look out, check it out, Matt. That's Damon. why they say that. Good job, guy. Well, we're not going to have that guy working uh, for us today. Maybe, maybe today instead we'll have like a Ben Affleck looking guy. Ugh. What? <laughs> what? Come on. What? This is like the second time that you've been like Ben Affleck, yuck. Um, it goes, actors I detest, Clive Owen, Ben Affleck. Really? I can't think of a single Ben Affleck movie I have to own. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, he's good in that, but it's a Matt Damon movie. He's in it. You own Chasing Amy? Oh, yeah. He's good in that. Okay. <laughs> you got me there. Well, this year, I'm in charge. I have all of our, as you can hear them here, mm-hmm. all of our regular like business. These are 
These are like something that you'd find in office space, like just sitting in the background. They're not extra special award ceremony um, level envelopes, but they're okay. They're not even security envelopes. There's like a rubber you put band. A check in there. There's a rubber band around it. them. Yeah, that's a that's a business rubber band. Yeah, nobody could get through here. No way. What I did today was I contacted all of our previous guests. Oh. I created all of the categories, and Ryan and I basically voted on our, our favorites for each mm-hmm. of the categories. We had seven uh, chances to nominate uh, for each category, and so there could be a total of 14 nominees, but we did cross over on quite a few of them. And then today, if Ryan and I had any tiebreakers, I reached out to our previous hosts oh, brilliant. to see your wife among them. Oh, brilliant. To see if uh, they could help us figure this out. Excellent. Excellent. So today, starting off. Round one, first Oscar <laughs> category, <laughs> which is probably our most... Um, it's the most toxic one. Yeah, for sure. Um, toxic? Is toxic the right word? I, I was going to go with creative. I would Maybe gothic is the best word. Yes, it gothic. is definitely the most gothic one. It is the Edward Cullen Award for Neck Most Deserving of Being Drained of Blood. <laughs> And you can interpret, at least I interpreted that in all ways, like as a sexy thing or a vindictive thing that a violent act needed to happen to these people, places, or things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either either this person I, dist, I detest or perhaps the movie itself I detest. Mm-hmm. Our nominees are Willoughby from Sense and Sensibility. Boo. I mean, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, boo. Your... Boo is good. Uh, Kate from Kate and Leopold. Boo. Boo, indeed. We, I think we said that was Meg Ryan's worst role that we could think of to date. I, and I don't want to be mean. Like, this is like the, the only this potentially is the, mean one. Yeah, but we, we're just we have like, very few mean ones. I think even Meg Ryan can just say, like, not my best. Not my best. Um, this one, uh, there's nobody to defend it, really. It's uh, Mr. Yunioshi from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Boo. Boo. Racism bad. <laughs> If Edward sucked Mr. Yunioshi Uni- dry... It, yeah, it would do us all we're, a favor. We're okay, fine with that. Bella, which is appropriate from Twilight. It's just narratively necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it ever happen in the film? Uh, that In film? the first movie, he, he drains her wrist. All right. When he's trying to suck poison out of her. I can't wait to get to the sequel this year. Me too. Um, then we have both <laughs> the concept... You, you you nominated the cast of Valentine's Day, and I nominated the concept of the movie Valentine's Wouldn't Day. Wouldn't you say the cast is more culpable? No. No, no. I think it's the, the people who came up with the film did did bad by it. Okay. Okay. Um, then we have Tom from Maid of Honor, one of our least favorite protagonists. Mm-hmm. Banky from Chasing Amy. Uh, I, I would disagree with that. I don't think he deserves it. I nominated that one. What? Why that one? I don't know why that one. I think he's a supremo asshole. Well... Yeah, but I think the movie knows it. Uh, I, I mean, the movie knows that Willoughby is a supremo asshole too. But um, okay, but he's not an antagonist. He's not a villain the way that Willoughby. He's an is antagonist a to their love. Yeah, okay. it, it, could, it could be a little understandable, but still. Okay. At a certain point in time, I was like, drain on his the, blood. On the Willoughby scale, Willoughby is worse than Banky. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, yeah. his actions prove him yeah. worse, yeah. if not his words. Yeah. And then lastly, Jasper from The Holiday, one of the most gaslighty villains that we have. Yeah, yeah. Good actor. Bad guy. It would for me it would go Willoughby, Jasper, Banky. Oh yeah, you like Banky more than Jasper? 
I just, mean, it's just it's hard. slightly. Yeah, yeah. I could stand being friends with Banky. I couldn't stand friends being with either of those guys. Agreed. I would make Willoughby the rich guy to pay for stuff. No, he wasn't even rich. I would make him the like the yeah. Debu- he had to marry rich. The debutante who thinks he's rich. I'm like, you got the drinks tonight, right? <laughs> well, here is the the flash card inside of the envelope. Uh, wait, how, how did we how did we decide who won? Oh, uh, for this one, Rachel Foskett picked. Why, I, did, why did she get to pick? So basically what happened was um, there were like a certain amount of each of these that you and I both voted for. Uh-huh. And so I took those and I handed those ones to our non- partial or non-biased judges oh, okay and they selected which one out of those because there's a few where i'm like uh you know honorary nomination but i wouldn't make this my winner necessarily sure sure i did a couple of those as yeah. well okay and i'd like you to read this all official like please i'm so nervous <laughs> and the rom-com oscar goes to writers we deplore you get your blood sucked out of your necks by a pasty 19 year old you had such potential and i'm glad that your life was cut short and you are not going to be an immortal hey we should save these and someday we'll auction them off (laughs) sure on the e true hollywood story yeah how did they die where did they begin (laughs) the first (laughs) look you'll see the paper cut that was on the first envelope (laughs) um ryan i think uh i'd like you to preface our next category. So our category is <clears throat> scene stealer. And uh, I think we all understand what a scene stealer is. It's the, I don't know, VIP, MVP, the person who just, I you go to a Hugh Grant movie, you come away talking about someone else. Right, right, right. It's the, like, it's not necessarily your main character. It's the person who you see and you're like, why isn't the movie about them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here are nominees. Uh, from Notting Hill, Mr. Ree Zephons. Mm, a Welshman. Who yes. doesn't want a Welshman in a category? He's wonderful. Uh, from Sense and Sensibility, Emily Francoise. Who the hell is that? She's <laughs> she's the uh, youngest daughter. Okay, she's, she's the one. Cool. Yeah, she she's the pirate sword fighter. Right. From Father of the Bride, Martin Short. It's Frank. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> come on, come on. From Breakfast at Tiffany's, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene the cat was in, I was like. The camera's just like, I'm going to find Cat right now. (laughs) Uh, From As Good As It Gets, Verdell. So, two pets. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't have more pets. There's there's something about these movies where there's always like a a pet trying to steal somebody's love. Are we missing any pets? I mean, um, no, we didn't do You've Got Mail, so we don't have... Brinkley! That's my Tom Hanks. Brinkley! From Valentine's Day, Franklin. Franklin? Mm. Franklin was one of my favorite characters. Who the hell is Franklin? Remember, okay, so... You, Clearly he did see... He stole he no scenes from me. No, no, we, we talked about him a lot on the day. I wouldn't be surprised that you didn't remember him because he was uh, another kid oh, in... Oh, Franklin! Yeah. Franklin! He was the one who, like, Edison was the main little kid in that movie and Franklin was the one who was just like, I'm Franklin, bitches! <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. Jessica the babysitter, right? The babysitter? No. No, Jessica the friend. Yeah, she's Who's the like, baby, babysitter? H and G, hi and goodbye. Yeah, Claire. Claire, right? Jessica, played by that girl who's on Transparency mm. or Transparent. Yep. Transparent. Yeah, Amazon original. H and G, hi and goodbye. N Y. No way. <laughs> From uh, Happiest Season, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, mm. 
I think you and I both wanted the movie to be about Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. From That Thing You Do, Lenny, Steve Zahn. Classic. And finally, from the American president, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Just coming out of left field and being Michael J. Fox. Foxy. You are going to be reading every single one of these, but most of them. I'm a good reader. And this one was helped by both Robin and Aaron Carlson. Awesome. There's going to be a third one to add to that because Aaron got back to me late. Oh, wait. wait. Ty? So this is going to be a three-way fight between you and I. Oh, awesome. So Reezy Fonz, Martin Short, Aubrey Plaza. Right. Round one. Fight. Okay. Wait, before you do, I need some more more of the it's not even bubbly it's just brown liquor I, stuff. I basically got the opposite of champagne tonight which is averna averna has the viscosity of that uh dram that that orc gives pippin yeah in very two towers so. and i can't just, take his medicine <laughs> i just am afraid to drink this medicine um it reminds me of a patrick rothfuss drink called scutton scutton seems like a really good word for this yeah you can't even see through it Um, Okay, so Martin Short, Reezy Funds, Aubrey Plaza, go. Okay, scene stealing wise, I think Aubrey Plaza is the least um, chaotic of them. Right. Right. She she definitely, I wanted the movie to be about her, but she's not as eccentric of a character as those other two. So does she hold up just based on the fact that she's a normal person and steals the scene? Or are the other two more impressive based okay. on the fact that they can really just take over? Aubrey Plaza is not a scene stealer. She's a movie stealer. We're not talking about any one scene that she's in. We're talking about Aubrey Plaza. Like, I think. Doesn't that make her the queen of stealers? No, because we're talking about, oh, scene stealer. Like, that scene where this happens, scene stealer. Okay. Okay. So we're setting aside Aubrey Plaza then. Yeah, because okay. she stole the whole movie. I think. I think everyone's the meme about happiest season was ultimately like everyone like agreed on the internet they're like it should have been Aubrey Plaza yeah it should have been Aubrey Plaza it should have been Aubrey Plaza once you get to the finger poking stage you're, you're pretty much dead and then that brings it down to Martin Short Reezy Fonz okay Frank is classic character impressionable though you'll probably sound very offensive if you're trying to impersonate him yeah don't try it to me I, I want to give it to um, Reezy Fonz just because you love Notting Hill so much? Uh, not just because I love Notting Hill. It's because he steals the scene without trying. And I feel like Martin Short is coming into that movie and attempting to play big. Whereas I think Reese Ifans is bringing a little bit more quirkiness to the role. And he does it almost seemingly without trying. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm giving myself an out because we will someday get to Father the Bride 2. And I feel like he's more of a scene stealer in Father the Bride 2. They okay. give way more Frank scenes in that movie. So I'm just going to say he'll probably get nominated next time around. It's like a Godfather 2 situation where it's like, look, Al Pacino, you're great. Just not this year. <laughs> Reese Fonz. Reese Fonz. You daft prick. Do you want to give a um, a speech as Reese? <laughs> Groovy. <laughs> Very good. So uh, we've had a, a like kind of a a, n- a worst of and a best of Oscar. We're going to dip our toes into kind of a, a weird category. It's most formulaic. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily means a negative thing. 
I think it means it could be a little paint by numbers, which is sometimes good, as we found out with To All the Boys 3. Yeah. Uh, or it could mean just is basic. I I was thinking about formulaic films because this weekend I watched like four rom-coms in a row because I was having a bad day. Um, can I have like, can I have two minutes on the floor to talk about formulaic? Sure. I mean, it could get cut, but go ahead. Uh, I was thinking about formulaic films and Sweet Home Alabama is just, I think that was like the epicenter of the formulaic rom-com. Because if you like uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, I wouldn't call any of those films like formulaic because they're all, they all have concepts to them, but they're all like motivated by characters with intentions and with desires and with like living people in the movie. I, I think you hit the the nail on the head when you said they have concepts to them because I think an original conceit can still be a formulaic film, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call it a basic formula. Yeah, I think formulaic just means that it's the the formula is understood by all in right. the first 10 minutes of like look here's the setup we all know how this is going to go and the familiarity to it is why people like it is that it's like okay i don't have to worry about three-dimensional characters or anything like that i know where like, this is going for instance let's take two weeks notice mm-hmm. it's there's nothing surprising that happens necessarily in the plot of that film there's no suspense we know no. where this is going however that doesn't make it a bad movie yeah formula does not mean bad right and so, without further ado, our nominees. Mm-hmm. Kate and Leopold. Mm-hmm. Original concept, I thought. Fish out of water plot. But, formulaic. Fish out of water. Two weeks notice, as we've already mentioned. To all the boys I loved before, it was one that you nominated, and I th- I disagree with. It's the fake boyfriend formula. I mean, that is... You have the fake boyfriend, where are things going to go? I, we I all thought, know where it's going to go. Mm, I thought the conceit was interesting. Well, they got there differently. Like, they got there because of her letters, but ultimately the plot revolved around the fake boyfriend thing. Yeah. But so the plot was formulaic. I, I the setup wasn't formulaic. Had she gotten with uh, Israel Broussard at the end, would mm-hmm. it not have been as formulaic? Right. Okay. No, no. But but it was just kind of like this whole like, oh, we're just pretending. And then, oops, we fell in love with each other. Like, very formulaic. They came together, but it was made to be formulaic. Well, I mean... It's a parody. Is it formulaic? I don't know. We both voted for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's formulaic by de facto. Because by de facto. Because it's parody. Exactly. Twilight. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Maybe the, like, for having the most amount of stories, it builds the most amount of formulas into yeah, it. Yeah, it's just 10 formulas bottled together. Exactly. It's like, if you took, if you took, I think I made this last point at the last episode, took a cup and went to the soda machine and poured Coke, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew. What Duke. did you call those as a kid? Uh, I think I called them kamikazes. Oh, nice. I called them suicides. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Maid of Honor. Yeah. Very formulaic. Yeah. Um, set it up. Yeah. Yep. That's and, good and, formula. Yeah, it's it's not a bad movie, for sure. It just it follows a formula. To All the Boys 2. So we have both of To All the Boys in there. Yeah. I thought that was more formulaic than the first one. Yeah, just Love Triangle and... It was basically just love triangle. Yeah, that was the only that's thing. That's the plot. <laughs> and then happiest season. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and sorry, we have a couple other ones. Four Christmases. The concept was potentially interesting, but the way they executed it was just so basic. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, Four Christmases versus Happiest Season, like 
Zoomed Out, Happiest Season. Better movie. Right. Happiest Season had more original details, but ultimately it was a home for the holidays plot. Right. But Four Christmases, maybe more original conceit, just poor execution. Yeah, and Home for the Holidays stuff, where it's like, oh, we're under family, brings up conflict. And now you said our last one is White Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty basic. It's the round up the gang, we gotta save the thing. Exactly. It's not a... um, uh, community center, but it's a yeah. old man living in the woods. Yeah, and as I understand breakfast. it, it's every Hallmark film, Hallmark Christmas rom com. Right. We have to exactly. save, you know, fill in the blank, community center, fire station, you know, church, what have you. Well, there's only one way to find out Let's who find wins it. this one. Oh, oh, nice catch! I trained Ryan over years of being his roommate to catch things that I throw at him. He hasn't missed one in like six years. Just don't throw my kid at me. Don't Don't worry, you'll catch him. Yeah, I'll catch him. (laughs) The winner is... Valentine's Day. I don't know how we could have picked any other one because even if all the other ones are even more basic, the fact that it has so many formulas, we couldn't say no. Well, the category was most formulaic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you had 10 formulas added together. Yeah. It's math. Baby formula. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Have you tried baby formula? It's tasty. I have. Yeah. Have you tried breast milk? Accidentally. And that's What's all, that story? That's all the gentleman will say. <laughs> <laughs> a gentleman never asks and a gentleman never tells. <laughs> Um, (laughs) okay. I have, this is the last category that is, um, that has a negative tinge to it and it's worst chemistry. Oh, worst chemistry. I mean, we we come to this movies for mainly chemistry. Like how do, how do these two people get along? And the fun of it is how do they get along or don't get along? And what's the sexual tension between the two of them? And we've definitely had a lot of really good ones, but we've had some bad ones as well. And I'd like you to read them off. Okay. We've got Kate and Leopold. So bad. Oof. Next. Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I want to just say as reading the nominees, I object to, sir. Ryan also put them as best couple. So yeah. we, we had very differing opinions yeah. on, on the couple from that movie. Paul was his name. I I reject Paul Okay, what? as an interesting person. Twilight. Uh, they came together. Which is almost like asking to be given worse. Yeah, it's okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna say, and Rachel uh, Foskett brought this up as well. Um, it's it's not necessarily that Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd have bad chemistry together. It's just that the film wants has bad to chemistry. have bad chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day again. <laughs> it's kind of the Razzies situation for Valentine's <laughs> for Day right Valentine's now. We don't Day. mean it bad. But we do mean we it. Do. Uh, Maid of Honor. Yeah. Uh, Four Christmases. I mean, we we said that was even just because those two actors are just completely different actors. They don't match up. And then Happiest Season, which, Rachel, don't get mad. I didn't vote for this one, but I will say that not... Not the best chemistry that we've seen. Well, again, it's just kind of like the internet agreed that it it wasn't it wasn't in the cards for Mackenzie Davis. We wanted it to be Aubrey Plaza, and so mm. maybe not worst chemistry, but kind of like most disappointing chemistry that could have been better. With like the good chemistry in the film is always between K. Stu and A. Plaz. Correct. <laughs> A. Plaz. A. Plaz. Applause. Applause. <laughs> and the winner is. 
Or the loser is. I'm so nervous. My hands are shaking. It's four Christmases. Four Christmases. Mom, hey. Hey, Dad. We're not going to make it tomorrow for Christmas. I think there's nothing more forced than the end of that movie where it's like, we should be together. And I do want to have kids with you, I guess, because I talked to my dad and he was kind of shitty. Yeah, I, I rewatched uh, half of Sweet Home Alabama because my disc is scratched. Thanks, Goodwill. <laughs> I was just reminded about how great Reese Witherspoon is. Like yes. something, it's an aberration. That movie is an aberration for her. That just something's not working in that for her, but it's no one's fault. It's just the chemistry. It's probably the director's fault. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we love we love Vince Vaughn. We love Reese Witherspoon individually. Just, yeah, not in that film. Pretty good so far, right? Yeah. At about this point in time in the show, we'd have a musical number. The time is just right to sing you a song. Call the number in the middle of the show. Ryan, this next category is something that you and I are duly familiar with. Best banter. Best banter. <gasps> Best banter. Best banter. Best banter. I think these, these movies live and die on whether I enjoy people talking to each other. Right, we're not watching an action movie here. We're watching a movie where people talk. Yeah, but an they action movie themselves. with great banter. Ooh, tie me up because I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> you remind me of Catherine Hahn right now. <laughs> okay, so best banter. <clears throat> you and I voted for Before Sunrise. The whole movie's banter. Yeah. Two weeks notice. Opposites banter. Mm-hmm. The big sick. Comic banter. Mm-hmm. Um, as good as it gets, angry banter. <laughs> Ryan's nodding off. <laughs> when Harry Met Sally. Banter banter. Men and women banter. Mm-hmm. Hitch. Sexy banter. Mm. Set it up. Millennial banter. Millennial banter. Chasing Amy. Lesbian banter. When is there lesbian banter? Well, he's learning about not being straight. Oh, he's learning. Yes. Okay educational lesbian banter very good lesbian educating banter bringing up baby Catherine hepburn banter <laughs> like hawks banter oh no transatlantic banter. ah yes transatlantic banter which one do you think is going to win for this one ryan robin helped me pick the winner oh because if it i was, put it up to her if it was up to sarah it would be two weeks notice so I'm just gonna be supporting my, my of my wife and say two weeks notice should be the winner. But if Rob, if am I, I'm guessing what Robin picked. Yeah. Um, Robin is kind of a I would guess that she's into the classics. So either when Harry met Sally or bringing up baby. Okay, that's my guess. Bring it up, baby. Can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only it's funny that you said those two because she was like torn. She was torn for like an hour just thinking about when Harry met Sally versus bringing up baby. Because <laughs> Robin has the best taste because she doesn't really go in for like trendiness or anything. She's like, no, I, I just got to pick the best one. Yeah. She, she's very level headed about it. It's like, it's got to be the best one. So how am I going to pick? She is level headed and she will 
kind of like me when when it was time for me to rent movies as a kid it was always really special if we went to the movie store to rent movies and so i would spend an hour, i'm sorry mom i would spend an hour like looking around the store for to like rent a 99 cent movie because i was just like this is the only time i'm going to rent the best movie and of course it would be camp nowhere every time um <laughs> you don't even know the worst of it i went to hollywood video back in the day with my mom and she was waiting for an hour and i couldn't decide i was like fine i'll pick this and i picked indiana jones and the temple of doom which you owned which I own, <laughs> but but I didn't own the actual film. I had a recorded VHS of the HBO version, and we had commercials like, stuff in the middle of uh-huh. it. And I was like, "Well, you're not going to give me more time, so I'm just going to find this slightly better presentation of this film." So wow, deal with it. what can you do? Robin is like that with important decisions like this where she will spend an hour thinking about it just to give us the most considerate answer so in your household who's in control of the remote when you're picking a movie to rent neither of us we both want to hand it to the other person well you're by yourself what happens i i'm by myself i pick i guess no no wait (laughs) but someone has to lose in the game of chicken if you keep handing the remote to each other oh no no you mean um like if neither of us can pick who picks yeah i do Oh, nice. Yeah. It's a it, good privilege. I mean, it's it's not a privilege. It's more of a, um, if if neither of us picks, we'll just sit here all night, which we do enjoy talking to each other as a couple. Oh, uh, we're way past that. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get there soon. Um, <laughs> next category. Most groundbreaking slash original. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it's funny because we had one of these on most formulaic. But it also made it onto most groundbreaking slash original. Mm-hmm. Imagine me and you. One of the first lesbian rom-coms. It was one of the ones that made my wife feel super awesome and heard and comfortable. And so in that way, I wanted to put it on the list. You also put it on the list. Yep. Love it. The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. I think both the concept is pretty interesting. Maybe not original, but um, we don't get a lot of... Uh, like immigrant stories in the rom-com genre. So I like that as well. Slash like coma patient love story. There's only one other one that we know of. uh, That is coma patient, tasty coma wife. That's from Scrubs. It's, oh yeah, tasty coma (laughs) wife. That's right. No, um, uh, while you're sleeping. Oh, right, right. Okay, maybe it's not that great. As good as it gets. Now, I was wondering why you chose this one. The most unlikely romantic protagonist ever. Yes, very much. Rokeback Mountain, for all the reasons you all already know. Uh Juno. I put this one on there because having a pregnant protagonist in a rom-com is something that is extremely unique. Yeah, but the same thing that you got knocked up to. Juno came first. Yes. But Uh, it was like a couple years apart. I know, but it, you know, groundbreaking in that way. Sure, sure. Uh, That's why we didn't put knocked up on this list. Um, in and out small town coming out story or outing story mainstream coming out story mainstream because in the 90s there was a lot of coming out movies that were indie that would go to Sundance but Mm -hmm. then it would just you know play on Showtime and that'd be it but this is like a mainstream Hollywood film exactly Wolfer Brimley was in it come on Tom Selleck Um, she's gotta have it I think that's one of the only ones that we have here that is groundbreaking in form well, also, it's a sex-positive rom-com right. uh, that, you know, they didn't even have the term sex-positive back then. Yeah, and I, I just think Spike Spike Lee has a 
has a penchant for shooting things in interesting ways and like how all the sex scenes are shot in that movie differently to like represent the love. Yeah. Just, it's, it's visually very interesting. Yeah. Chasing Amy. Also lesbian rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But not, not, it's not really. But not in the same way that Imagine Me and You is. And there is, there is the negative criticism of like, oh, it's just hetero fantasy of, you know, uh, what is it? Converting someone or whatever Ben Affleck does, but it's it, it's not what he does. No, but she's it, just by and she chooses to be with Ben exactly. Affleck. Exactly. I think the like pessimistic view is the one I just said, but mm. yours is the correct view. Is like sexuality is way more fluid than we really think it is. Yeah, and and that movie is uh, ooh one in the illustrator of that. Um, speaking of sexuality, Happiest Season, mm-hmm. mainstream, another uh, another mainstream lesbian, but film. the first mainstream Christmas rom-com home for the holidays thing that's helping the normalization process. Correct. Which um, is groundbreaking. Yeah. And, you know, like the, I think our our list of il- like illustrating most groundbreaking films right here, the fact that one, two, three, four, five of them feature queer characters yeah. is kind of a testament to that. Yeah. Like I think the thing about happiest season is like, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't feel groundbreaking. This should be normal. Like this should just be a thing. Well, yeah. And that's, that's I mean, that's where, where these films are trying to get society to. It's like they, but things have to be groundbreaking in their time in order for society to catch up. Yeah. Cause like if you watch Bonnie and Clyde, it was like, Oh, it's groundbreaking. It was like, it's kind of (laughs) boring. Uh, but sexually groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. Um, Ooh, she's towing his gun. All right. Ryan, this one I didn't need any help on. Oh, okay. And the rom-com Oscar goes to... All of them! Yay! I thought, why, why, pick, a, why pick a specific movie for being groundbreaking? You These just, just all are. You just did the um, soccer team uh, blue ribbon. Mm-hmm. Um, you're all winners in my eyes. Sure, and we only have one category that's like that, but <laughs> I think this one was probably the most deserving of if it. If you're groundbreaking, you're already a winner. Exactly. Uh, what's the next category, my friend? Ooh, this one This one was hard for me. Best music. We've got... I think we had the most amount of nominations for this one. Yeah. We've got... Because I had it, like, every... I looked through our list and I was like, okay, can you hum a tune from this movie? Mm-hmm. And then if you can, you nominate it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Sense and Sensibility. Uh, Patrick Doyle. Patrick Doyle. Oh, ooh, I like Patrick Doyle. We have got Father of the Bride, Alan Silvestri, yes. who did Back to the Future trilogy, um, Avengers, which was boring. This, I think this movie was the most um, <laughs> jingly jangly. So much fun. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Henry Mancini. Mm. Uh, as good as it gets. I'm going to guess James Newton Howard. I'm going to guess James Newton Howard. Are you? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe yeah, we're both yeah. right. Um, Hans Zimmer. No way. Hans Zimmer. He's. I mean, he, he's done almost every single movie. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you right now. Hans Zimmer, as good as it gets. It's complicated. Something's got. No, not something's got to give. The holiday. Yeah. Right three. now. No, which one would you pick of the three? Which as good as Hans? it gets. Oh, okay. I do the holiday. I don't like the holiday soundtrack. I like the springiness. The spring, springy. He does this samba thing that I really hate in that movie, and it kind of detracts from uh, the rest I, of it. I don't like it. 
Uh, to all the boys I love before, various artists. Oh, is that you were the soundtrack? Okay, yeah, because we we did music, we didn't do score or original yeah, songs. Yeah, I, I just thought I'm like, man, Gen Zs, they got good taste. They got I liked, good taste. I liked to all the boys three way more than to all the boys I love. Before. It was all the same to me. Like, if there's a three disc set of like all the movie soundtrack, I'd I'd be all fair. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, Harry Classic. Connick Jr. Classic, really good. Juno, same situation, just great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. One of I think one of the best soundtracks ever made. Yeah, uh, Chocolat, Rachel Portman. Mm. She's so good. Tasty. Yeah. Tasty is the chocolate itself. Her talent, not physically. No, I mean, I don't know. A, I don't know I, Rachel. A, I don't know Rachel you, Portman. You never know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean we, we know sure her as much as us because we're radio mind. people. Yeah. Right? Uh, audio. Totally. Audio. Yeah. Okay, audio. We have faces audio. for audio for sure. Oral, orally. I mean, uh, no, a, a, no, a, 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 ear. The ear. Not White Christmas. Irving Berlin, oh, classic, so good, classic, and like all the, all the songs, songs and dance. Yeah, and then that thing you do, which is Fountains of Wayne, wrote the song. <laughs> the, the guy from Fountains of Wayne, he wrote yeah, the no, song. No, he did. Uh, and Tom Hanks wrote some music for mm-hmm. it too. Uh, it's got a lot of original music and a lot of just, I, I don't know, like it's it's probably the most singable of all of them. Yeah. So do you want to know who helped with this one? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> No good friend of the pod was on the pod, Lauren Bellinger. Oh, good thinking. Good thinking. Oh, see, but Lauren, I don't know if she's seen every single one of these films, so I wonder if how she picked. Basically, I asked Lauren, and Lauren was like, "I." But we only, you and I, only doubled up on two: mm-hmm. White Christmas and that thing you do. And so I was like, "Pick between these two," uh, because she she wanted to listen to all of them, and she was so mad that we didn't nominate About Time, which was the movie she brought. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It was good. It was just, it's probably the fact that Ryan and I have only seen it once and you've seen it twice. Yeah. Music kind of sticks with you after you've seen it a couple of times. The Richard Curtis movies, I'm thinking of music and Four Weddings, Notting Hill, Love Actually, About Time. They're all good. I just don't, mm, none of them Notting Hill, out. actually, we really disliked the soundtrack on. Yeah. yeah. It, it's definitely, the Notting Hill soundtrack definitely was very 1999 rom-com. Right. Right. Of its time. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Kelly from the future. In mine and Ryan's uh, excitement here, we completely forgot to say who won. It was that thing you do, obviously. So let's, let's, yay, that thing you do. All right, let's get back to the show. Before the break, I think we have one more category we can do. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Best Bellamy. Oh, yeah. And Ryan, I would like you to uh, re-educate our listeners that maybe didn't see any of the episodes where we've talked about or listened to any of the episodes that we talked about Bellamy's. What is a Bellamy? The Bellamy is the role of the, usually it's a boyfriend. Sometimes it can be the girlfriend. but the, We haven't seen as many, but we're looking for him. But it's the boyfriend who is dating the lead female character and is in the way of our main male character who because he is dating the the person so think uh bill pullman dating meg ryan in sleepless in seattle and he's super nice but super benign and bellamy's always have the same characteristic of like really nice really benign not dangerously sexy just kind of a correct safe choice for a romantic interest but they're always the ones that are like in the way but we don't feel too bad if they get shuffled to the side and even like sometimes one can be sexy but the reason why they're the bellamy is because they're just not the soulmate 
mm-hmm. right? They're not the one. And so our, that was, that was good, by the way. Good mm-hmm. Bellamy. <clears throat> our Bellamy's are Peter Gallagher while you were sleeping. I called him Captain Eyebrows. They're not even together really in that movie, so that's why I didn't vote for it, but I get it. Mm-hmm. He's a sleepy Bellamy. Matthew Good from Imagine Me and You. A, a very straightforward Bellamy. Good guy. Doesn't, very straight Bellamy. <laughs> very straight Bellamy. Didn't get the girl in the end. Michelle Williams, Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a, a jilted Bellamy. A tragic Bellamy. Yeah, tragic. the tragic Bellamy. Um, Israel Broussard from To All the Boys I Loved Before. Numero uno. Yeah. Yeah, because like he was the he was the object of affection the whole time, but didn't get any affection. Yeah, but you know, I'm just thinking of the first one is similar to the second one in terms of triangle, like mm-hmm. triangulation. Yep. And it's a tricky thing when you do the love triangle of like, okay, is it a mystery where we're like, who's she going to end up with? Or is it like, well, she needs to end up with this person. So the triangle in the third movie is NYU yeah. Peter Kavinsky and Covey yeah <laughs> Spike Lee she gotta have it Mars Blackman Mars Blackman and she even says at one point in time she's like you're a great friend <laughs> um, Kevin McKidd Maid of Honor maybe our, our most oh yeah epic Bellamy that we've had so far oh yeah Bill Pullman as you've mentioned before Sleepless in Seattle standard Bellamy mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix her um, human Bellamy yeah Mm-hmm. It's too bad that we didn't do His Girl Friday because then we could actually nominate Ralph Bellamy. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> next year. Yeah. Um, David Lindhagen, cuckolder Bellamy. Yeah, he is the cuckolder one. Yes. Yeah. Because he he's technically with Julianne Moore the whole film. Yeah, I almost want to eject him as Bellamy because the Bellamy is supposed to be benign and he's definitely like a cancerous. Well, if Bellamy. that's the case, then you put. Our last, our last Bellamy is Steve Martin from It's Complicated, but he actually gets the girl in the end. So I don't yeah. understand. No, uh, it's up I for debate, and that's what I was saying. <laughs> uh, that's what I was saying of like, well, what constitutes a Bellamy? Because do they have to be losers? Do they always have to be losers? I think just because you're nice doesn't make you a possible Bellamy. I think you you are a loser technically if you're a Bellamy. And it's complicated. It's so much about the relationship between. Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep that the Steve Martin like dynamic is just not there he's just he's treated like the Bellamy it's like he's a nice guy she can date him but let's talk about Alec Baldwin right I think if her decision at the end of the movie was to be with Alec Baldwin he would be the Bellamy but unfortunately he is not all right that's where I land Judge Kelly all right best Bellamy was something that I actually did something special for okay what do we got here the winner is, <laughs> we have to decide because it is the Battle of the Bellamy. Battle of the Bellamy's! Kevin McKidd versus Bill Pullman. Okay. So, Ryan, the reason why I chose these two, we both voted for both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and we only voted for those two combined. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Kevin McKidd is, I would say, not your standard Bellamy. No. Because... He is the Bellamy that you would want to be with more than the main character. Whereas I think our other Bellamy here. Bill Pullman. 
Beeples. Beeples is probably Beeples. The... Beeples. It's not a robot. Well, see, he is kind <laughs> He's of a kind robot. He's kind of a robot. He's a beige robot where it, it wouldn't be the worst life with him. It would be nice, but it would be boring. Well, it was funny. Like, I don't know if Robin told me this or you told me this, but like there's a part in that movie where Bill Pullman like welcomes Meg Ryan into the hotel room and he's like, he you're here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're like, no one does that. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, me. It's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 that's kind of the thing. He is he is vanilla, and I don't know if it's the finest of the flavors out of these two. I'm I'm going to say that if we're doing best Bellamy, are we saying most emblematic Bellamy or just the best character Bellamy? I, I'm just going to say best Bellamy. Okay, it's up to you to interpret. Well, no, it's up to us. We have to fight about this. It's a battle of the Bellamy's. Well, ultimately, okay, let's. Oh, I, 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 we're doing this all wrong. Which one would win in a fight? Oh, Kevin McKidd. So, okay, so Kevin McKidd wins. <laughs> no, no, Kevin McKidd. He wins the battle, but who wins our hearts? We'll be right back after these messages. I will love thee still, my dear, though twere ten thousand miles. And we're back. Ryan, I just have one question for you before we continue on with our nominees. Where's Anne Hathaway? I don't know. No, 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 no. We know where she is. She's at home social distancing, probably. Good job, Anne. Good job, Anne. Um, no, no. She wants to be called Annie. That's that's what she said. That's a new thing? Call me Annie. Oh, okay. What would you... Like, let's say Annie was your date to the Oscars. What are you wearing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you have to wear something. Otherwise, they won't let you in. A blue... Tux. Blue tux. Frills? Um, or you just satin satin lining? Basically, bow tie. I want to be as handsome as Paul Rudd, and I think I would need to wear a blue tux to do it. Very nice. Okay. What about you? Mm, you know, I'm, I'm half tempted to do something very similar, because you know how much I like a good blue suit, but I also wouldn't mind dressing like the doctor um, and just going chill at the Oscars. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think I'd, eight, I'd Matt nine, Smith it. 10, 11, 12, 13. This is why, this is why we're going on so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably go Matt Smith, but with, um, David Tennant shoes. Nice. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for our next one? Nope. Sorry. It's ready for you. <laughs> love triangle. Best love triangle. It's funny. This is one of the only i think we only had three categories where you and i picked all of the same nominees it kind of was like pick the love triangles this there were there were only seven love triangles and we picked all of them i'd like you to read them we've got while you were sleeping coma love triangle sense and sensibility uh regency era love triangle imagine me and you um lesbian love triangle well you know lesbian by love triangle Yeah, yeah yeah uh she's gotta have it uh, sex positive oh, triangle that that's uh that's a poly well that's more of a pyramid love triangle yeah uh bridget jones diary mm, Foppish. Uh, adaptation love triangle <laughs> yeah. uh to all the boys too um basic love triangle yeah yeah family stone sibling love triangle. sibling love triangle mm-hmm. that's almost a love square right there yeah that's it is it that's it okay i'm gonna start doing it like this Oh, nice. It didn't work at all. 
Oh, it's a showdown. We got Bridget Jones versus the Family Stone. So Robin kind of helped me with this one because I um I had a hard time narrowing it down since you and I had seven. Um and she there were there were quite a few that we could have picked. Uh we loved Imagine Me and You yeah. as as a choice. Yeah. But it's such a it's it's one of those love triangles that doesn't like culminate as as, as like a lot of drama. It's just such a a good, well taken care of love triangle. Yeah. Which makes it a little uninteresting for this category. Mm-hmm. So we went with the more dramatic ones. Mm-hmm. Bridget Jones's diary, there's a literal fight out in the street where two of our people in the love triangle like know that the other one knows about this love triangle, and we get to see both of them kind of culminated in the movie. And then what was the other one? <laughs> the family stone. The family stone. There is another fight in the family stone. Yeah. Where y- you've got Two sisters and two brothers going at it. Very interesting love triangle. With Bridget Jones, we want what's best for Bridget, and we know that Hugh Grant is not good for her. Mm -hmm. And we don't want Hugh Grant to win. Right. Even though we can't help but like him a little bit as a bad guy, we're like, nah, get out of here. With Family Stone... All the characters, we love them in their own ways, but we're just like wanting, we're enjoying the movie navigate like, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, she can seem off, but you just, she needs to let her freak flag fly. She needs to be with the person that can help her do that. And so that one is more fun to navigate of like, who's best for each other. There's a lot of love triangles that ask, ask the question, wouldn't it be weird if... Yeah. And I think that is is the essential question there. And I like how they get out of it, too. So should we say Family Stone? Family Stone. Family Stone Family it Stone. is. Ow, not the jacket. Not the jacket. Not on the jacket. Ow. The next one, we're going we're gonna to tone it down from the drama here. And we're going to go to... Um, I, I went to two different sources, both uh, Rachel uh, Perel-Foskett and your wife, Sarah, Mainly because Sarah is such a fashionista. Oh, best dressed. Best dressed. Now, we didn't do best costume. We did best dressed. And Rachel was so mad that we didn't put Kristen Stewart on there from Happiest Season, who I thought more looked like she just looked like kind of a comfy, like, grip. She almost looked, she almost dressed a little bit more like. A, a grip from from most movies I work on. I do like her style. I like her style as well. I see what well. she means. So I'm going to say Rachel. Re- retroactive, Good call. <laughs> retroactively, we'll, we'll put her on the list. Probably won't win, but she's on the list. Good call. <clears throat> All right. So Anna Scott, Notting Hill. Hmm? We talked in that uh, episode about how her costume kind of evolves from being very covered up to being very plain and open later on in the movie and i rewatched my best friend's wedding this weekend Mm -hmm. she has similar style in that movie she there's a scene where she wears a suit the way that she wears a suit in notting hill oh i actually like the suit in my best friend's wedding more than notting hill suit but she also wore a suit to one of her red carpets oh so i like i like all the suit wearing by julia roberts oh (laughs) (laughs) all right then we have leopold from yeah. Kate and Leopold. He is the best dressed. He's he dressed like a yeah. duke the whole time. He's the duke. I would I would love to dress like that. I would love day. to have him butter my loaf. Isn't that what it's... <laughs> no, no, no. no. What's no, it no. called? No, no. <laughs> what did he say? Um, he says, fresh churned butter. Oh, right. That's totally different. <laughs> uh, then we have Lucy Kelson, two weeks notice. Yeah. Now, you, you like Lucy. Lucy is... 
I wouldn't say she's best dressed necessarily. She's most appropriately dressed generally. She's frazzled a lot and she's kind of doing a business, but business stressed. For being such an anti one percenter before we were calling them the one percent, she was really good at dressing up as the one percent. What? Like think of her business ca- business attire. She dresses like a professional. That's just how professionals dress. Uh, she, just because most no, of your work is done from sitting in front of your computer, no. not talking to people. No, what I like what I like about the movie though is that her costume reflects where she's at. Very much so. Like yeah. with society or with her mood. Like whenever yeah. she's back home having a bad day and ordering Chinese food, she's just like dressed down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Holly Golightly. <laughs> Come on. I mean, classic. Flat fashion icon. You got the LBD. You've got the um, toga. LBD? An LBD, Kelly, is a little black dress. Oh, yeah, totally. One of the most famous LBDs of all the LBDs. We got Sally Albright from When Harry Met Sally. Again, any anytime Nora Ephron dresses a character, love the way they're dressed. I I like the way they're dressed. I don't love it. Oh, really? <laughs> That's fine. That's, that was my no, uh, Mostly nomination. because she's a nerd. Sure. She knows she's a nerd. Hitch from Hitch. Smooth operator. Wears a suit well. Tell me how to dress. Mars Blackmon. Bling. The Nike style. Nike style. He's got like cool rings on. Like I think he real. I think Spike Lee is actually really responsible for a certain type of like Nike athletic wear as fashion. I think so. Like taking it, but taking it away from anybody who necessarily does athletics all the time and just being like, yeah, I'm wearing athletics as casual wear. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Nye, about time, the sweaters. Yeah. Vera Ellen, White Christmas. She probably has the most amount of outfits as as anybody on this list. She's got that pink dress when she does Mandy. So good. I like her yellow dress most, I think. Um, The Wonders. I love that nomination. I actually changed one of mine. After I saw that you oh, nominated right. them, it was so good. I got you. To, I won you over. Yeah, to my... you did. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about like a group of people as best dressed, but yeah. the fact that Tom Hanks walks up and he's like, "You guys look great. You look great. You, you look, look great. great in red." Um, and then Cary Grant bringing up baby. Um, I nominated him for the not camisole. What is it that he wears there? The cami. It's the, something. The the, the furry. Teddy. It's the like furry a teddy. teddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes him best dressed, but it's definitely one of the best costumes. Technically, so technically, in this, in the, his, on that day for him, he was worse dressed because he lost his clothes. I don't have <laughs> these aren't my clothes. He's having a bad clothes day, but we think he looks fabulous. So I'm gonna say Sarah and Rachel. I asked them out of any all of the movies that you and I, or all the characters that you and I said, uh-huh. and they both picked the same one. Ooh, and I figured they would. I was just double checking. Let's check it out. Vera Ellen, all right. Because it's both fashionable and athletic. Like she's right. dancing in these gowns. Yeah, in the gowns, in the in the even she she has some that are like more look like glitzy swimwear almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. She makes she makes everything look good. It makes Danny Kay get all nervous. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next. We went from best dressed to maybe the sexiest category that we have. Best sex, no, best kiss. <laughs> best sex scene. We turned on we Skin really and have, We didn't have very many sex scenes, did we? No, we were, we're a family podcast. I mean, I think m- the most sex scenes were probably in Brokeback. 
And she's got to have it. And she's got to have it. Yes, the three sex scenes. Pretty appropriate. But best kiss, much more PG. Yep. I mean, depending on the tongue, I guess. Yep. Your first kiss, <laughs> was their tongue involved? Hmm. No, no. My first kiss? Like your first, I'm older than 10 years old kiss. No, no. My first kiss, I was kind of not in control. My first girlfriend kind oh, yeah, of you like told, you told us alarmed me with like, attack I, kiss. And then run away. <laughs> but my first real kiss with Sarah? No, I think I was like, let's not ruin today. <laughs> let's play it really safe. <laughs> what about you? Um, so first kiss in a closet. I was in seventh grade. I think so first kiss. No, but the second kiss that came right after, I think I was bridging on tongue before her mom opened the closet doors and was like, what are you two doing in here? (laughs) That scene in her when, um, Olivia Wilde is teaching him to use his tongue properly. You know what scene I'm talking about? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, you know, less tongue. It's painful because it's like, yeah, we know. We know. We're sorry. I mean, there are different people who enjoy different kinds of kissing. There's there's people who enjoy more tongue, people who enjoy less tongue. There's people that use way too much tongue. I'm just going to say that scene hit home. Oh, okay. It's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. I've had I've been attacked by tongue, too. I'm just saying it goes both ways. Okay. Let's get into the nominees. <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan's turning into Red Ryan right now. <sighs> You got Rachel and Luce, Imagine Me and You. Oh, great first kiss. Jess- that, that's the one that happens on the bed of roses. Yeah. yeah. Jesse and Celine before sunrise. Okay. Passion. I so I, I was thinking of their last me kiss. Me too. I was thinking about their last kiss. Great yeah. kiss. Um, George and Lucy, two weeks notice. Which one were you thinking of there? Because I, I didn't nominate that one. Last kiss. This is Sarah's favorite on-screen kiss. It's when it's oh, it's very when, when he chases her down yes. down the street. No, or she, she chases, chases him. him. Yeah, and he holds her face, and Sarah has forever pointed that out to me, and is like, "Look how he's holding her face while they kiss." <laughs> and Not like, pointed at all. Got it. Face holding, little tongue. Got it. <laughs> Holly and Paul breakfast at Tiffany's again. Kiss in the rain. Yeah. With cat there. Cat. Oh, Jack and Ennis, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, that was a fierce first kiss. That kiss scares me. So, <laughs> why does it scare you? Because it's so intense. He's it's, like, I'm gonna kiss you. It's really intense, and they're both drunk too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura Jean and Peter to all the boys. Let's go so for all the to all the boys one. kisses. Now, I I was the only one who voted for that one, and I was wondering why and i know it's because it's an awkward first kiss and i really like seeing those in movies this is on the lacrosse field yeah when or yeah at the she, end no no at the beginning where she jumps oh on oh, oh and kisses that. Him. okay yeah i'll yeah. take it i'll take it uh juno and bleaker Polly bleaker juno that's one of my favorite kisses because she flips off her friend while they're making out on the field such a good moment uh peter and howard in and out totally unexpected yes. so good oh i love that really great tom Selleck just like goes for it and he's like how do you like that? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm nervous because my parents just showed up. Uh, Hitch and Sarah Miras. Two sexy people doing a sexy kiss. Doing sexy things. Bridget and Mark Darcy in Bridget Jones' Diary. In the in the half nude. In the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say the I think the most romantic setting in history is a quiet, snowy landscape. 
There is no greater atmosphere. Then why didn't Laura Jean get with John Ambrose? I know. I know. It was perfect. Guy and Faye, that thing you do. That's a good uh, that's a good end kiss. Yep. Yeah. And Jacob and Hannah, crazy stupid love. There's a there's a lot of physicality to that kiss. Wait, did they kiss? Is this the uh the lift? This is the lift do into they, a kiss. They do kiss. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Or the winner for best kiss is... It's another showdown. It's Juno versus Before Sunrise. Okay. So I like one for how it makes me feel, and I like one for how it makes me feel. You know what I mean? You can... When you, <laughs> when you see a kiss in a movie, you can either immediately be like, oh, man, I love this couple. I'm so glad that they're macking right now. Or you can be like, I want to go kiss my wife right now. So... Juno is the cutest kiss. It is. And it's something that I was jealous of, of like, I could be a poly bleaker. Like when I was watching, I'm like, this could happen to me. Sure. <laughs> it was at the end of my senior year when I was watching, I'm like, maybe not in the exact same way, but this could happen. But the kiss in Before Sunrise feels so real and so raw and is so like, I don't know, existential where it's like, wow. It's that so meaningful. Yeah. Even though Polly Bleeker and Juno, their connection is just as historic that Juno will never forget about Polly Bleeker. And Jesse and Celine are never going to forget about each other. So it's so hard to pick. What I'd say one is passionate. Like like the when um Jesse and Celine are leaving each other, like there is a desperation there. Yeah. There is a there is a the strident passion. And with Polly and uh, Juno, it's much more like, finally, we've gotten to this place where you and I both know how much we mean to each other out loud. Yeah, there's a seal the deal quality with Juno and Polly Mm -hmm. that feels more formal, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. Like, it has to be that way. Sure. Um, So which one wins? I I go with Before Sunrise just because it's so much more once in a lifetime feeling to it that it feels so much more rare they don't flip anybody off in there i know but like (laughs) juno and Polly are gonna have that kind of kiss with other people Mm -hmm. it feels like before sunrise that is unless they're with each other forever yeah but who knows but it's a once in a lifetime kiss sure and before sunrise so i'm gonna go with that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i picked kevin mckid before so i'm gonna give you this one okay (laughs) (laughs) um all right the next one's a big one Big one, one, the big one. This is best couple. Yeah. This is I think this is going to cause some controversy because we've had before this 51 films with more than 51 couples, but 51 main couples because I mean this genre has nothing but couples. Every movie at least has one couple. <clears throat> and the couples are Anna and Will Notting Hill, the first couple, the one that started it all for us. Rachel and Luce, Imagine Me and You. George and Lucy, Two Weeks Notice. Melvin and Carol, As Good As It Gets. Harry and Sally, When Harry Met Sally. I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of obvious yeah, there. Yeah. Hitch and Sarah, Hitch. Hitch. Tim and Mary, About Time. Mm-hmm. Kelly and Sybil, The Family Stone. Jack Shepard? No, it's not Jack Shepard. From The American President. What's Michael Douglas's name? Andrew Shepard. Andrew Shepard and Sidney Allen Wade. Yeah. Peter and Laura Jean from specifically to all the boys I love before three. Yeah. 
No fanfare. We're just going for it. <laughs> no fanfare at all. Okay. I'm going to be glum about this. We must decide right here, right now, when Harry met Sally versus Imagine Me and You. Okay. So, to me, it would be pretty obvious because when Harry met Sally are kind of like one of the most emblematic couples of all time. I want to hear an argument for Luce and Rachel. Uh, from me? Yes. Was I the only one who picked that one? No, we both did. We both picked both of these. Oh. Well, it was... It, for that movie, it's not so much them as a couple in the chemistry that we see. It's that relationship is so important to Piper Parabu, Parabu, Pipes, Piper Parabs. Piper P. Piper P. It's so important for her existence to be true to herself and go for what she wants and mm-hmm. not go for what she thinks is what's expected of her or what she's had for a long time. Yeah. But you have to be true to yourself and true to your heart in that in sync kind of way. True to your heart. Or 98 degrees kind of way. It's one of them. Yeah. No, it's 98 degrees. Okay. It's on the Mulan soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's right. Disney channel music videos. And so I, I, it's like that is the couple I respect the most because it take, it took the most guts to like pick that life and, and make really hard decisions and hard choices of, like, it's the only time where I'm like, no, you need to leave this guy. Right. You have to. And it's one of those, I, I actually like them as a couple. Like, we see them go on a couple of dates, and they're always having fun together. And at the end, we kind of get a vision of what their life is like, or would be like. Like, you know, owning a shop and going to the park and getting each other coffee and stuff. It's a very, you and me would love this kind of life. Yeah. Right? But... When Harry Met Sally does the thing that I I love more than almost anything else in another movie, which is they build a complete friendship before two people fall in love with each other. Yeah. I- so uh, we don't we don't really have them as a couple most of the film. The same is true of Pipes and and uh, Luce. They. Imagine Me and You is the most ex- existentially important couple, mm-hmm. but When Harry Met Sally is the best couple because they that's all the movie is. We get them as a couple. They're not romantic the entire time, but they're friends the whole time, and, and that makes them a couple. I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't, I don't know if that makes them a couple when they're just friends, but I think as a, as a couple of people- Take me and Sarah. We were a couple before we were a couple, right? No. Oh. No, because a couple means you're committed. No. Yes. Yes. Or you're at least dating. I'm sorry. Just because you're friends that hang out together doesn't mean you're a couple. But we were like good kind of friends. No. Like- no. What I'm saying is you're friends. And then if you want, you can become a couple. Yeah. I wanted for a long time. <laughs> but I'm going to say Harry and Sally. I have decided that for the rest of the day, we are going to talk like this. Like this? No. Please, to repeat after me. Pepper. 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 Waiter, there is too much pepper on my paprikash. (laughs) Waiter, there is too too much much pepper pepper on my paprikash. On my paprikash. But I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. It's, it's close. A, it's a safe choice, but it's it's a, it's a good. Choice. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a safe choice because 
that's the like if anybody you're going to be like hey tell me a romantic comedy couple people would probably be like uh, harry and sally. sally but they would say so for a reason yeah it's like tell me about a pizza topping i don't know cheese and pepperoni well since you're you're so obsessed with friendships and how that that kind of makes you a couple i'm, I'm gonna ask you who's the best best friend oh you want to know who the best best friends are we got reezy funds notting hill the photographer, I forgot the name of it, Roman Holiday. Yeah, I didn't get that pick. He, I, he's fine, but... He's a good... Um, you know, at the end of the movie, for sure. But what's the word? He's a good compatriot, colleague, he, conspirator, co-conspirator? He's a good co-conspirator, and he definitely deals with Gregory Peck's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. you need in a good best friend. Greg Kinnear, as good as it gets. Good best friend. Uh, Bruno Kirby, Carrie Fisher, When Harry Met Sally. Yep, great friends. Vivica A. Fox and Booty Call, we the hospital. We're yeah, the hospital. I think she's she's the one who her friend wants to hook up, and so she has to deal with Jamie Fox, and then she like really likes Jamie Fox, but yeah. then she has to deal with Jamie Fox. Uh, <laughs> Ross Butler to all the boys I love before too, aka Trevor. 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 I mean, we just, like he would just be the best friend. Trevor. Like he's not he's not your best friend that'll be there for you through thick and thin, but he's the best friend to hang out with. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell, Sleepless in Seattle. She's kind of an enabler, but that's nice in best friends sometimes. Yeah. Wait, wait, what does she say? <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> Liza Lapira. She's Emma Stone's friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. I love you. I love you. Uh, Martin Sheen, the American president. Yeah, Chief good friend. Good doesn't friend. doesn't call a friend by his name, but still a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hank Mardukas, and I love you, man. <laughs> I just put that in there because I love Hank Mardukas. And Robbie. I love you, man. I think um, Hank Mardukas is our only character nominated that we never meet. He has a, He's on screen for 30 seconds. Or not even 30 seconds. He's, on, he's, at, he's at the wedding. Oh, he's at the wedding? He's at the wedding. Oh, okay. And then Cal Weaver creates a stupid buff. And you were objecting to Cal Weaver. Tell me, tell me. So Cal Weaver, um, if people don't remember, that's the Steve Carell character from Crazy Stupid Love. He, I thought, was the main character. But Ryan, Ryan wants to call him a best friend. Tell me why. He's the best friend to his son. He plays the same role that the best friend character does. Mm-hmm. He's pretty similar to like Martin Sheen and the American President of just like, hey, I'm gonna like hold you accountable to being a good person and like, no, Greg Kinnear is better. Greg Kinnear at the end of As Good as It Gets is like holding Jack Nicholson accountable. Like, hey man, you gotta go for what you want. If you really want something, you gotta go for it. And he does the same thing for his son. That's what a good dad should be to his son. Is in those moments, you can be a good friend to them and not have to be a like dad. a dad about yeah. it. It's like, hey, if you ever care about someone or love someone or whatever, never give up. Always go for it until you probably should give up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we talked about that a little bit. But I think that's the thing about best friends. It's like they're not the ones to call the limit they're the ones to be the encourager yeah they're they're your hype man yeah or hype, woman yeah hype man i like it okay okay so robin helped me with this one because i to be honest i was leaning really heavily towards greg kinnear but mm-hmm. we had so many nominated that i just needed a third party the oscar goes to Mr. Martin Sheen. You won't even call me by my name when we're playing pool? I will not do it playing pool. I will not do it in a school. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. At ease, AJ, at ease. Now, what makes Martin Sheen a good best friend? Well, he's the most, like, 
astute where he's like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? But he's also going to call him on his bullshit too. And it's like, and like when, when people are piling up on him, he'll kind of like be the go between guy where, um, like the press secretary and Michael J. Fox will be like, think about this. Like you have to do this. And Martin Sheen's like, it's enough. It's sit back. Whatever the president wanted, he's like, okay, that's the decision you're making. I'm going to support you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like, like I'm going to make my opinion known. But once you decide to do something, we're going for it. And he was always supportive. After he was like, no, I'm going to go date Sidney Allen Wade. And he's like, great, you're dating Sidney Allen Wade. We'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah, good best guy. friend. Yeah, best friend. Next, we're getting exciting. We're going action. Vroom, 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 vroom. Best chase scene. Best chase scene. Best race to the airport. Best. Best unnecessary rush to see anyone because you're going to see them in three hours anyways. Why run? Exactly. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna name off each of these, and I want you to tell me what kind of chase scene this is. Okay. Okay. Just fire it off. <clears throat> Notting Hill. British. <laughs> Imagine me and you. British. <laughs> when Harry met Sally. Not British. <laughs> Wait. New Year's. New Year's, exactly. Twilight. Horny teenager. <laughs> well, no, because I think the chase scenes in Arizona. that one are more... <laughs> Where more do they go? Vampire-y. I mean, they, they're getting chased through the Pacific Northwest and then through Arizona. Yeah. I, I miss Arizona. It's dry. Uh, and there's cactuses. Thanks, Anakin Skywalker. <sighs> uh, set it up. Unique. Um, best subversion of the chase scene because mm-hmm. it's dumb if you really think about it. <laughs> Bridget Jones's diary. Best uh, running through snow in your knickers. And British. And British. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Best running through the snow in your knickers. No, no. Best intercontinental. No, transcontinental. Sleepless in Seattle is the only one with urgency because Tom Hanks has to find his fucking his son. His tiny son <laughs> who's in New York by himself. It's the only reason to rush to New York. Um, and great shows on Broadway. Mm. And lastly, I Love You, Man. Uh, Another kind of subversion. Yeah. Where it's not you're rushing to get married or stop a marriage. You're just a best friend rushing to be there. But a best friend being at the wedding, you're kind of the de facto best man after you accomplish that. Oh, yeah. And if you don't get there in time, then you miss the opportunity. And luckily, you and I didn't. you Ooh, we have another tie set it up versus i love you man so love it you know we we kind of prefaced it already but like these two mix it up that's what i liked about them because there were a lot of good ones here i think one of my favorites is notting hill because that just rushed to the um to the uh, what is it the it's hotel. a hotel yeah that one makes sense because like He's trying to get somewhere before she leaves town, and, and she's super rich. It's 1999, and he they don't have Facebook. They're yeah. not going to be able to get a hold of each other. But I think the the fun thing about Set It Up is that he shows up at the airport not to like catch his love, but to tell somebody to break up, to right. like, re- reveal information. And like everybody thinks that he's there to woo her. Uh, in the airport because yeah. you know uh, he's all us or everybody in the airport is us the viewer but i i think it's one of my favorite parts of that movie yeah and like he rushes there and he's like oh i got like six hours yeah <laughs> so uh, and he just hangs out and yeah. then he has to rush there again yeah and then uh when jason sagel is is rushing to get to um paul rudd's um wedding he we don't understand that he's doing that until he's called by uh, Paul Rudd's fiance, played by 
Uh, Rashida Jones. And that that's almost just a, it's a permissive rush because we don't, we don't get him the rest of the time trying to get there. Right. It's just that moment. Yeah. And like when he finally shows up, he just shows up. So it's barely even a chase. It's just almost an off-screen race slash chase to the airport. We really hope that he gets there in time, though. Right. And like I said before, it's a ceremonial thing of if he gets there in time, then it kind of canonizes him as best man. And it fixes the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it it solves the crisis. Right. Um, Whereas this one, like the one in Set It Up, it's more of like a... It's a wink and a nod at the audience, and it's a patch on a mistake. Set it up is the most fun and most thoughtful, but I love you, man, is more important. So I've got to go with I love you, man. I love you, man, it is. Took Andre the Giant a barrel of beer to get drunk, sometimes two. Hello, pretty lady. And the brother warm up peanut. <laughs> you knew this was going to happen. The best meet cute. Oh, yeah. When our characters finally met each other after all of their long years of searching. Here we go. Best meet cute. Nodding Hill. British. Before Sunrise. Uh, German. Hitch. Um, New York. Chasing Amy. Uh, Should have been in the chasing category. About time. Meet cute. Redo. Oh, like a double double meet cute. Double meet cute. Yeah. The Holiday. Um, Drunk meet cute. Drunk meet cute. Uh, But not so drunk where it's creepy. Right. (laughs) Drunk, I'm going to piss on your stoop meet cute. (laughs) Uh, Bringing up baby. Transit, Leopard meat cute. Transatlantic meat. Well, that's a golf meat cute. Yeah. Uh, the American president. Um, swearing meat cute. Mm, litigious meat cute. <laughs> or um, not ecumenical. What's a better fancy word for legal Political? process? I don't know. <laughs> to all the boys I loved before, three. Always then. So I didn't get this one. Why did you choose that as a meat cute? Uh. 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 Well, if I if I wanted to justify it after the fact, and I'm kind of rescinding my vote, but there is her little sister who meets the that boy in South Korea. Oh yeah, so that's cute. At, that's at cute. their their parents' lock on top of a something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good job, me not paying attention. So that was all of them. Can I open this one? Angela Lansbury, that and be my guest. There's nothing in it. This is because this one is so important to us. I just wanted you to pick your favorite, and I'm going to pick my favorite. We're going to have two meat cutes. Let me see the list again. This is hard. It's a lot easier when you were just deciding who the winner was. I'm going to pick right now. Uh, Was that a threat? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to pick. I'm picking Notting Hill right now because the whole movie hinges on the meat cuteness of the whole thing. Right. They meet at the bookstore, right? And then he runs into her later. He And then it becomes a meat mess. Yeah. And right. then it just keeps escalating. Right. And the movie just hinges on these couple of scenes of the meat cute. And other movies where it's like, the the way they meet is not super important. All that matters is that they do meet. I Like, like Hitch does his hitch thing with Sarah Milas. And right. it's like, it's good, but he could have had more opportunities to meet her in a different way 
And right, but but um, William Thacker would never have another opportunity to meet Anna. Scott. Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime thing, and it, and it it it, it the stars aligned. For so it. so that was going to be the one I picked. So the one I'm the other one I would have picked would be about time. The reason why is kind of the opposite of the William Thacker Anna Scott conundrum. Is it's not necessarily that they wouldn't meet again. It's that he has to actively pursue her again after he chooses to help a friend, thus not meeting her. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's because we have a time traveler who they he has the perfect meet cute in a um, blind restaurant where all the lights are off, and so they just have a wonderful meet cute where they meet inside and they just have the most wonderful first date, and then he has to erase that in order to help a friend and then he has to find a new way to meet her. Yeah, and he he ultimately succeeds and I think it's an important thing that needs to be talked about of like romance at the end of the day is never about the bells and whistles. It's not about like things going right in such a way that like oh, it was such a romantic e- evening. It's like that helps, but ultimately it's about the two people coming together and yeah. that's what's going on here. And the the reason the meeting is important isn't because of the bells and the whistles, but because of the chance it gives you to as people. Because there's I bet there are like billions of people that have met in life that if they just met under slightly different circumstances would have been together. Oh yeah. And I, I like that about this movie. Oh, definitely. Okay. Now we're going to get a little bit more filmic. Roger Jenkins, please step this way. You're going to present today. Hello. <laughs> um, this is, where's a, my camera? Um, uh, miss, 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 Deacons, this is, this is, give uh, me the camera. This I is shot, the rom-com Oscars. I but, shot Blade Runner 2049 and Shawshank Redemption. Well, somebody Redemption. get Mr. Deacons his camera. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Is thank, it, is good? Do you need anybody else to hold it? Are you good with it? I like to hold my own camera. Uh, okay. Well, um, Mr. Deacons, today you are You going, know, a lot of people don't usually cam up, but I cam up myself. Like in bed? Yeah. <laughs> Well, today you're going to be presenting for Best Cinematography at the Rom-Com Oscars. Congratulations. Wonderful, wonderful. The nominees are Sense and Sensibility. Oh, I love that one. Before Sunrise. Oh, it's a good one, too. Brokeback Mountain. I hate that one. Oh. I'm just kidding. I love it. When Harry Met Sally. Ooh, good one. Francis Ha. Mmm. Tasty? (laughs) She's gotta have it she does indeed doesn't she kelly oh mr deacons <laughs> about time oh i would say so <laughs> sleepless in seattle oh yes <laughs> the family stone can i leave <laughs> and her i would say so too <laughs> okay well that's mr deacons for you he um i'm gonna go sit down no 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 mr deacons okay. mr deacons i need you to open this He's so old, and he's holding a he's giant. He's not camera. that old. He's like in his sixties or seventies. He's not that old. Yeah, but if if you're if you're that old and you're holding a giant like Ari rig, yeah, it's Oops. still heavy. I ripped your card. That's okay. Uh, okay, you're gonna have to explain. Okay, I don't want to Warren Beatty this. So what happened was, uh, you and I picked four different movies, uh-huh. and then I had Robin pick one of them blind, not knowing that Rachel had also picked one of them. And they both ended up picking an Ang Lee film. We have Brokeback <gasps> Mountain versus Sense oh. and Sensibility. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. Right. It's tough. 
Um, because Sense and Sensibility is so perfect for its genre, right? It is a period piece. It has a lot of long takes and it's able to capture a time period beautifully, like wonderfully. Anybody that can capture the English countryside and make it look dramatic, it's a feat in in and of itself. But Brokeback Mountain has such a quiet beauty for being set in the American West, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I'm thinking about all the shots of the livestock and just like feeling like I'm alone in these mountains with these guys. Yeah, and I I would say where where sense and sensibility is subtly showy, where it's like, oh, we're gonna go through a party and the shot is going to take a minute and a half to finish. Broke back, like even when they're in the town, like oh, think about when they're at the Fourth of July party and <sighs> Heath Ledger just punches a guy and then he stands and he is America for a second. You just decided it for me. I can't think of a equal more emblematic shot. There's not an equal shot where it's like, man, they 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 got it right. Where I'm like thinking about the technicians, like what it took for the technicians to shoot Heath Ledger against the backdrop of the fireworks, lensing it, shooting it, lighting it, gaffing it. All that stuff is so much work. There's nothing, there's no shots that are equal to it. It it, remi- it reminds me of a lot of shots from 1917, which you still haven't seen, but we'll watch soon. We'll watch. Yeah, but there's a lot of that where it's like, gosh, they just got it. Yeah. So I think we're saying Brokeback Mountain? Yep, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain it is. And all that to say, Sense and Sensibility is right under there. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, like just that shot of Marianne drenched in the rain yeah. looking out over like the hill to Willoughby's Manor. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Deacons. Oh, you're welcome. You're <laughs> so, welcome. Can somebody somebody make sure that he gets home okay? <laughs> I shot 1917 too. <laughs> Next one is going to be most, I think, most near and dear to yours and mine heart as yours and mine hot. I love of, it when you're reading a poem and it say, and it struck me in mine heart. It's like, ooh, not my, am I any. That's kind of a Keatsian thing to do, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I love um, the antiquity well, of it all. Speaking of writing and writers and poetry. Best writing. Best writing. writing. <clears throat> the writing. <laughs> that was the perfect M. What did you say? Because it was just like the song. Our outro song. Ryan and <laughs> <laughs> the nominees for best rom-com writing Oscar <clears throat> Notting Hill Richard Curtis As Good As It Gets Richard Curtis no, Who wrote As Good As It Gets? James L. Brooks James L. Brooks When Harry Met Sally Nora Ephron Delia Ephron Rob Reiner Anybody else help write that? Uh, Rob Reiner's partner Rob Reiner's partner. Aaron Carlson will know. Yeah, right in, Aaron. Juno, Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. About Time, Richard Curtis. Sleepless in Seattle, Nora Ephron, Delia Ephron. And David S. Ward and Jeff Arch came up original with the story. Concept. Jeff Arch came up with this, the original story. And Family Stone, Tom Bazooka. Tom Bazooka! These are all great. I had a really hard time because this was one of the other categories where you and I were 
toe for toe. We didn't yeah. we didn't differ in our opinions. Yeah. That says Robin on it. Robin helped. Robin helped. Oh. I'm making such a mess. You gotta love it. A classic. When Harry met Sally. Can't go wrong. No, can't go wrong. Uh Robin had a very hard time with this too, but I think since we since we're just talking about how classic it is, how it's written by a couple of the greats, a couple of geniuses, it's just one of the best. Yeah. Uh, it's if if someone was thinking, oh, rom coms, they're just a silly, flimsy genre. This is one of the films you're like, you're. Stupid. This one will change your mind. <laughs> you need to watch this. Yeah, so you understand. And writing is is the thing that changes minds. Good yeah. job. Good job. All right, we're coming up on the final five. Ooh, next one we'll be pretty quick with. Best parents. Why don't you read it off? You got while you were sleeping. It was like grandparents. Yeah. Father of the Bride. They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Father of the Bride. Fine. George is a little crazy, but they're good overall. Uh, the Big Sick. And you're saying all the parents in The Big Sick? Yeah, I'm saying all the parents because you got Ray Romano. You got... Um, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Hol- Helen Hunt. Um, and then you've got... Kamal's family. Kamal's family. I can't remember the dad's name, but he's also a famous actor yeah. in India. Uh, Juno. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Juno's dad. He's a badass. J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney. Yeah, both they're great. great. Uh, In and Out, Wolf of Brimma. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Wolf of Brimma. Uh, Frances Ha. They're barely in it, but I just like that she's got a safe space that she can go home to. Oh, okay, that's nice. So yeah. you're m- more voting for like the caretaking yeah. aspect, okay? And then about time, Bill Nye. Bill Nye and. Can't remember the mom's name, but she's in it too. She's, she's great. Good. Yeah, I can't remember her name though. Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I you didn't nominate Tom Hanks, but I thought Tom Hanks as a dad is. Great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, Family Stone. Yeah, Sybil and Kelly. They're great. Two of the best. And then Crazy Stupid Love, which again a couple it's of debatable. Yeah, <laughs> what makes great parents? Overall. I mean, you said he's the best friend. He is. He is sleeping with his teacher. I don't know if that was the best move. Uh, well, that, he didn't know he was a teacher. She was the teacher at the time. That's true. And best. What's the parents? Progenitors? Are they progenitors? Yeah, they came before. Yeah. Oh no, I ripped it in half. That's bad <laughs> metaphor. Oh no, it's a meltdown of a showdown. It's about time versus Family Stone. Okay. I'm just gonna say this. I want Family Stone. I think they are the best two parents that we've had in the entire show. Man, this is rough. Who do I want to be my dad? Right. Bill Nighy or Coach? I See, I would probably want Bill Nighy to be my dad, but I think who do I want to be my parents as a team? It's going to be Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson. I'm going to go with them as well. I'm going to go with Craig T. Nelson because Bill Nighy, I would just be kind of like, wow, I can't believe you're my dad. And he's like, yeah. right, shut up. I've got to tell you I, this. I'm, I'm reading about Shakespeare right now. You're either going to sit there and be fine or um, I'm going to kick you out. But Craig, I'm going to go back in time and make sure you didn't come over today. Craig T. Nelson is familiar to both you and I. It's like, yeah, that's dad. That's like, yeah, that's, no, there's a weird idealization of like what we would like our dads to be like. He's chill, pop brownie dad who is also just... 
the kindest. Yeah. And then Sybil, Sybil brings the energy. She brings the fire that will light truth under your ass. Mm, don't you look forward to being a dad like that one day? Not the fire ass lighting. Being a chill dad? But oh, chill, yeah, dad, be chill dad, Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. I'm just thinking going out to get pizza with Luke Wilson. Sounds Are you lovely. good cop or bad cop? Um, right now, or are I you mean, both middle? Are you are you middle parent? The things that we do for our son is like, please don't put that in your mouth. That's where the cat goes to the bathroom. So Theo's going to be real smart, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes me good cop or bad cop or safe cop. Yeah, that makes me like clean and safe. Like, well, I, okay, <laughs> this is what you are. You are janitor. Yeah, we're janitor. Good janitor, I, bad janitor. Right now, we're we're not that great because if he's finding like clumps of the cat's bathroom to like put in his mouth, then I don't think we're doing so well. You guys, are, you're, you're you're fine. You don't Everybody wanna, makes mistakes. There's right? no judgment with parenting. It's no judgment. Okay, well we agree then. Sybil, yep. and Kelly. Yep. Cha-ching! Next, most charming. This mm. is for the character who is is going to sweep you off your feet. Yep. Yep. Okay. Is it my turn? Your turn to read. Your uh, turn. My turn. My turn. Your turn. I always thought that you're more charming than me, so you should read it. <clears throat> Ryan, you're already better than you think. <laughs> God. All right. We only have one woman on this. <laughs> So I don't know if that says more about like the fact that we think we're charming or we're trying to like be a little bit more ecumenical and went overboard. Not ecumenical, equal, equal liberating, equal opportunity, equal liberating, equal opportunity. And so we picked all men. It does say (laughs) something about reappropriating the word charming because that's usually a masculine compliment. Sure. So. Maybe, because, maybe we should have picked more women. I had Rosario Dawson at, um, at one point in time on there because she is pretty charming, but I took her off be- for some reason. I can't remember what. I think if a woman is being charming, we would probably accuse her of being lovely, and that, that doesn't feel right. Sure. You know? It well, does, let's it, call more women charming then. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you are charming. You, you are charming, by the way. Hey, anybody listening out there that's a woman? You are You're charming. already more charming than you think. God. <laughs> okay. So, Julia Roberts, Notting Hill. You put this on there. I didn't. Um, I think Julia Roberts is... Wouldn't you say that Hugh Grant is charmed by her? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you saying that she's I don't a think witch? He's, no, I don't think he's starstruck by her. I think other characters are starstruck, but I think he's charmed. You know what? I think at the dinner party, she's charming. Yeah. She, she doesn't seem to ever be trying to sweep him off his feet, which is generally what I see as a charming character. No, you charming is effortless. Right. I, I guess maybe maybe just she's closed off a lot of the times uh, at the beginning of the film, but she becomes more charming as it goes on. Yeah, she's more um, warm and yes. she's more friendly, but she's always charming. This second pick, you and I both picked Alan Rickman. <laughs> he is kind, and I think he, he has a demeanor that isn't generally looked at as charming per se. But he's he's quietly gentleman-like. Yes, he's very gentlemanly. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's all you want out of an Alan Richter. You picked Kevin Klein. I disagree with this one. You don't think he's charming? I think he is cute. I think he is sophisticated. I think he's 
way too bumbling and nervous in this film to be charming. I think he's charming in a very cute way, which isn't how I was looking at this question. But like Tom Selleck to me is more charming in that movie than yeah. Kevin Klein. So I don't know why you're I, picking Kevin Klein. Tom Selleck is more charming because Tom Selleck has more need to be charming because there's more that no, Tom, Tom Selleck has so much more to get out of the situation where he needs to charm other people. Like he needs to charm. So he's more charming. Well, yeah, but I'm more like I'm more charmed by Kevin Klein that when Tom Selleck comes in the room, I'm like, hi, when Kevin Klein comes in the room, there's something more attractive about it okay. than just like really into his charms. I can be here for this. So it's I saw it differently. It's definitely a preference. Sure. Like no, I think it's not that I not attraction is different though, because I am definitely more attracted to the person that Kevin Klein is in that movie. But I find him less charming immediately. I think Tom Selleck is making more of an effort, but not more charming. See, I, I think the the word that you're that I am also equating to charming a little bit is disarming. Yeah, and they they definitely work hand in hand. Okay. Will Smith Hitch. I mean, it speaks for itself. Stiff That's like definition. literally his job. Yeah. Um, Johnny Depp shock a lot. Oh yeah. Like he he's a kind of a swashbuckling riverman. And but he's. I would say that's also really effortless. Yes, it is very effortless. It's just like by very nature of who he is as a person, he yeah. is disarming. I would say Johnny Depp equal to Julia Roberts. Like Julia Roberts at first seems kind of like standoffish, but it's just kind of like, it's just how they are. They're just nice. Johnny Depp does this thing too where that I think is charming where he can't be figured out. Like Juliette Binoche is like, ah, oh, this is your favorite chocolate. And he's like, you can't figure me out. Oh, is it? Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Family Stone. He's so, charming in a stoner way. <laughs> I, I I think he's charming because he's chill. There's a yeah, there's yeah. a charmingness in the fact that you can't work him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if he was at a party, he would be the guy who was hanging out in the garage and that you'd most want to hang and out. And he's with not him, playing beer pong. He's yeah. just hanging out over there and just like I want to hang out with that guy. Um, Jude Law, again, kind of speaks for himself. You've you've uh, in the past like couple months, you've been kind of equating like. Any any perfect guy to Jude Law who is like structure built to be the most charming. It's his purpose in the movies to be charming. Uh huh. It's his function. Maybe he is as good as he thinks. <laughs> um, Ryan Gosling, Crazy Stupid Love. He's a player. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, he is, and he is very charming, and he's photoshopped. Yep. Michael Douglas, the American president. It's presidentially charming. Yeah, and. And kind of disarming as well. Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard to rile him, but yeah. he will react to you. Totally. Um, Jason Segel, I love you, man. I'm going to say equal to Luke Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Robin and Rachel helped us out with this one. Excellent. <laughs> Did you rip it in half again? <laughs> I might have. Oh, we have another. we have another showdown. We've got Michael Douglas versus Ryan Gosling. Okay. So... What I did is I asked both of them to give me three out of our picks, okay? And they each picked two of the same people, and those were the two. Um, I think out of either of them, which one is more charming to me is Michael Douglas, okay? And it's not because Ryan Gosling isn't charming. The baby goose is not only super attractive, but has kind of a way with words and confidence that is immediately makes me like step back a little bit and like check myself and be like, Oh, am I okay? Yeah. But approachability is something that he does 
could I approach him? I think it says something that I would more readily want to approach the president of the United States, <laughs> Andrew Shepard, yeah. than I would the baby goose. And I concur for the reason being that baby goose, his charmingness at, for most of the movie is actually somewhat false because it is a game. Correct. And it's kind of like... That doesn't mean he's not charming when he's not doing that. Right, but it's just kind of like, look, I came to this bar to play this game, not to necessarily be myself, but I'm going to say all these things that are charming, Mm -hmm. whereas Andrew Shepard means every word he means. Right, like he he doesn't follow a script except what is in his heart. Yeah. And I think, to me, that just means he gets the win. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take him out back and beat the shit out of him. Good morning. Best Supporting Actress. Wait, who was last year's winner? Because uh, yeah, last year's supporting actor who's introducing this role. I've lost track. I was going to say, I loved the Oscars for so long until until last year when Sarah was pregnant and I couldn't go out to any movies. I was like, I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> we'll get back to it one day. I promise. Uh, yeah. I, I just need you to pick an actor that might be a supporting actor to be right now. Paul Rudd. Okay. You're Paul Rudd. Hi. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I need you to read Best Supporting Actresses. We have so many. So you can just zip through them. We've got Kate Winslet, Sense and Sensibility, Diane Keaton in Father of the Bride, Holly Hunter in The Big Sick, Michelle Williams in Brokeback Mountain, Anne Hathaway in The Brokeback Mountain, Allison Janney in Juno. Oh, I love her. <laughs> she, she's waving from the audience. Hi. Uh, Judy Dench in Chocolat, Aubrey Plaza, Happiest Season, Mary Wicks, White Christmas, Liv Tyler, That Thing You Do, Emma Stone in Crazy Stupid Love, and Diane Keaton again, The Family's Tune. Is that it? Yeah. Any jokes for us? No. No? You're just going to be charming? I'm going to be Ant-Man. Why didn't we say he was most charming? <laughs> Mary Wicks, like the the housekeeper? Yeah. Yeah, she was conniving. Yeah, I just think that she she's one of those extremely good actors. Great Hollywood character actors. Yeah. She kind of has uh, the face of a character actor, and I, yeah. I think that's why she doesn't get her due often. Ooh, this is interesting. It's... <laughs> It's Diane Keaton, but Diane is misspelled. So which Diane Keaton? It's misspelled because there's two Dianes. Oh, I love it. So Diane Keaton wins for just being nominated twice. La-di-da, la-di-da, la-di-da. Yeah, it's just just transitive properties. Right. If you get nominated twice, you automatically win. Science. Yeah. So we're on to the Best Supporting Actor, so I'm going to need you to be an actress. Oh. They would probably be giving a best supporting. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lawrence. Oops, I fell on the stairs. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But I'm, or no, I'll be Jennifer Lawrence because I'm reading this time. Oh, hey, I'm super cool. Um, I dance sometimes. That's Mandy Moore. You're being Mandy Moore. No, she sings all the time. Oh, right. Rise, Ifans, Notting Hill, (laughs) I guess. Oof, Jennifer. Um, Greg Kinnear, good friend. Hey, buddy. See you afterwards for pizza. Tom Selleck. I have such a crush on him. Bill Nige. Close enough. Okay. From About Time. Luke Wilson. I dated once. Family Stone. Craig T. Nelson. Did not date once. Family Stone. Ryan Gosling. Baby Goose. Where's my baby goose at? I know you. You live next door to me. Baby Goose. And Michael J. Fox, can we just get a slow round of applause for Michael J. Fox from the American president? Yeah. That's the worst Jennifer Lawrence impression ever. Pretty terrible. Feel bad for you. (laughs) 
I have a note here. It's pronounced Nye, so it's Bill Nye. Thank you, Ryan. Versus Greg Kinnear. Both very good. Both make me want to cry at different times in the movie. That's what we look for from actors. Bill Nye plays Bill Nye. Nye. It says Nye. Nye. Bill Nye. He doesn't play a role that requires a lot of him emotionally. It does feel like he's being himself. Which is what we want from the movie. Right. But Greg Kinnear, there's a lot more work going into it. There is. Gotta say Greg Kinnear. I'm gonna say Greg Kinnear as well. But we love Bill Nye. Love. Love him to death. Love. <laughs> Let's get pissed and watch porn. <laughs> next, you know where we're going next. Best actress. Who who won best actor last year? Um <laughs> Brad Pitt. Has he ever won an act an Oscar? Uh maybe he did. Seven years in Tibet? Maybe he did win for once upon a time in Hollywood. So, oh yeah, that's right. So behind the times. So or Leo did. <gasps> no, Brad Pitt probably did. Best actress. First rule is Julia Roberts, Notting Hill. Second rule, Fight Club is Emma Thompson, Sense and Sensibility. Then you got Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that was Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> uh, where am I? Helen Hunt, As Good as It Gets. Meg Ryan, When Harry Met Sally. Greta Gerwig, Francis Ha, Joey Lauren Adams, Jason Amy, Catherine Hepburn, bringing up baby, <laughs> and Annette Benning, American president. I'm going to open this one. You open it. <clears throat> oh, it's another versus. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> oh, um, Catherine Hepburn versus Emma Thompson. Ooh. Two Hollywood, I would call them big wigs, except they don't need big wigs. They've got their own hair. <laughs> For me, Catherine Hepburn is classically solid, but doesn't have a scene like her, the laugh cry in Sense and Sensibility, which is all I Okay, need. I, I want to make sure we're not just giving this to Emma Thompson because she plays a dramatic role versus Catherine Hepburn's silly role. Because Catherine Hepburn has that scene where she loses a shoe and she says she was born on a hill. No, I know it's a good scene, but it's not as impressive as the laugh cry. Hold on, just one more time. Catherine Hepburn does have that scene in the jail where she puts on like a, a gangsta accent. I know, but you've got more of a crush on Catherine Hepburn and I think it's painting your... Uh... No, I'm just making sure because I was going to go Emma Thompson. I just want to make sure that oh, you're sure. not blinded. I'm sure, I'm okay. sure. So Catherine Hepburn, amazing in that movie, but the amount of pathos that Emma Thompson brings to that role is insane. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't work. Plus she wrote the movie. Come on. There you go. Then you... I'm not married. No. For best actor, I'm gonna be Catherine Hepburn, but old Catherine Hepburn. You old poop. Yeah, old poop. It's me, you old poop. Oops, I opened. <laughs> See, this is this is a Warren Beatty fate runaway thing all over again. <clears throat> the nominees for Best Actor are Hugh Grant, Notting Hill, Gregory Peck as a tree in Roman Holiday, Hugh Jackman, Kate and Leopold 
Hugh Grant, two weeks notice. That's two Hugh Grants. <laughs> <clears throat> That's two Grants. Jack Nicholson, as good as it gets. Keith Ledger, broke back mountain. Billy Crystal, when Harry met Sally. Elliot Page, Juno. Kevin Klein, in and out. Chris Rock, top five. Tom Hanks, hello Tom. Sleepless in Seattle. Danny Kaye, White Christmas. Cary Grant, bringing up baby. I know that guy. I was in a movie with him. Many, actually. <laughs> God. And Michael Douglas as our American president. <laughs> That's what it would be called if it was made in the 30s. Our, our American, American president. president. <clears throat> I'm handing you the note. <laughs> what does it say? It says Tom Hanks versus Heath Ledger. Ooh. <sighs> those were our crossovers right there. Those were out of... That's why we had so many, because we only crossed over on two. I mean, just from a classical acting point of view, I gotta go Heath Ledger. Right, Heath Ledger. But is are we being fair to our genre right now? Like Tom, all... Tom Hanks, is, is, is he best as far as rom-com actors? Because we've talked about this a little bit. We chose Brokeback Mountain for this podcast because it is a romance, and we're doing romances as well, but it is definitely the most dramatic film we've done so far. But I still don't see, like, I think Tom Hanks is one of our best, but I still don't see him pulling off this They're both this kind of role. They're both characters that deal in romance that's mingled with tragedy, and I'm far more connected to Heath Ledger's character than I am with Tom Hanks' character in Sleepless in Seattle, and I think that's an equal opportunity. I think Sleepless in Seattle could have moved me the way that Brokeback Mountain does. There's a lot of like unfair advantage to Brokeback Mountain because of like its setting of the what of what it's doing. Right. There's no opportunity for Tom Hanks to cry. Yeah, but still I I, I think it's fair for me to pick Heath Ledger. I'm gonna pick Heath Ledger too. He's just too good. It it does kind of feel like you're pitting a minor league like athlete against a major league in a major league like setting. Like Tom Hanks doesn't have the opportunity to do serious stuff in Sleepless in Seattle. Well, it's more like Tom Hanks is playing cricket, and you, you're you like, you're going to go actually play baseball right now. It's like, well, I am the world's best cricket player. It's like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You're going to lose. So um, I'm going to have you read, because our, our last two, like that was that was all that we had paper-wise. These next two, you and I are just going to decide. Okay. Okay. Uh, the last two categories are best picture and best rom-com which are different because there is a like quality to a rom-com and what makes a great rom-com compared to what makes a good movie Mm -hmm. and i I think you and i have differentiated there's some crossover but we've differentiated between the two and i'm gonna have you read best picture okay our most pretentious yeah films we've got sense and sensibility before sunrise broke back mountain when harry met sally about time Sleepless in Seattle, and The Family Stone. None of these movies are movies that your friend Doug from college would want to watch with you. Yeah, Doug. <laughs> but I'm at the rom-com Oscars. I'm saying the best picture, and so I'm bringing my curve. I'm bringing the grading curve with me. Right? Okay. So, like, we know Brokeback Mountain is a triumph of a film. Right. Right. But so is Sense and Sensibility. Here's what I've got it down right now, too. I'm slashing all of them. I'm just thinking about best picture. 
right now it's between the family stone and about time. Screw it. About time. You know why? Do you know why? Because it's the movie that most people should watch. Yeah. And you got movies in here like When Harry Met Sally, which is signature rom-com, right? Right. But About Time is rom-com, but so much more. But also it doesn't stray that far from its lane. Okay. That it's it's really well made, and it's it's not the best like platonic ideal of rom-com, mm-hmm. but it is best picture when it's in the curve of rom-com. You know what? I'm going to go with that with you. Because I don't think that... About Time is a film people should miss if they're into rom-coms, but I also don't think it's a film people should miss if they're just into movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, if you're like, name me the the top most uh, popular rom-coms, I don't, I, I think one in every 50 people would put this one on their list. And right. I, I think they should. Yeah. And so I'm going to push for it. So not such a bad day after all. No, it's pretty good, really. Very good day, actually, if it turns out. <clears throat> the nominees for Best Rom-Com are Notting Hill, Roman Holiday, Two Weeks Notice, As Good As It Gets, When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, The Family Stone, Crazy Stupid love and the American president. There's something about all the movies on here. I never feel bad at the end of any of these movies. Right. There's there's some on here that are a little bit more like popular, some that are a little bit more I would say um go-to's. Yeah. Some are a little bit more original. But the one for me that I am going to go back and watch time and time again, because it is my favorite rom-com, or one of my favorites at least, I think is going to be Sleepless in Seattle. Please, no more. Oh, oh God, I love that movie. Oh, you surprised me, Dr. Jones. You thought I was, thought thought I was going to say, say Notting Hill. Hill. Um, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So wow, wow, wow. the reason being is because I love Notting Hill, right? And I can put it on in the background and don't have to even be watching it. Mm-hmm. I know it by heart. But when I'm watching Sleepless in Seattle, if I put it on in the background, I inevitably stop what I'm doing and start watching it. Okay. 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 So I'm going to say, if you want to pick a second one, we can have two best rom-coms for this year. I'm picking a second one. Okay. And I'm going to be a good friend and I'm going to pick your second favorite, which Yay! is Notting Hill. Hey! Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Julia Roberts, Hugh Grant. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. And my reasoning is Sleepless in Seattle is great, but it's just just a little bit sad, which doesn't mean it's there's anything wrong with it. But it it takes a little out of me that from a rom-com I want something a little bit a little bit lighter. Just a just a slight bit. You lighter. want that you'll play light. Yeah, just a slight bit lighter, and that's why I picked Notting Hill because I was really pitting Notting Hill versus When Harry Met Sally, and When Harry Met Sally is a great intellectual rom com. Sure, but when I think about it, I'm like, I don't really feel anything when I when I finish the movie. I mean, sometimes I I'm I'm really happy that they're together. Yeah, right. But there is something 
about the other two movies that we've mentioned where we just like I, I feel like I want to be more romantic with my wife. Yeah. I want to be more romantic in life in general. Yeah. With the other two. Notting Hill gives me that romantic feeling that I I get intellectually in When Harry Met Sally, but I don't I feel it in Notting Hill. Yeah. I feel it. And that's what we come to the movies for, folks. To feel it. And don't forget. I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. Well, Ryan, this has been just the most transformative years year for so many reasons. Um, even though we started recording these back in 2019, we didn't start until this year. Mm-hmm. And this is our our last episode for the year. And I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. Next year at Rom-Com Oscars 2.0. And it's going to coincide around the season of the other Oscar season, which right. is going to be a lot of fun. Every year. We haven't really planned what movie we're going to be watching next week, but I think we should decide now. I've got an idea for that. Okay. So we very tactically, strategically picked Notting Hill as our first one because like, that's a good one to like kick things off. Mm-hmm. And it's year two for us, and I'd like to be kind of traditional about it and i i would like to throw in my notting hill (laughs) i want to do notting hill again no i i want to do four weddings and a funeral i want to do another vintage classic hugh grant rom-com and make it kind of a a a inaugural film to the second year so that we can look back and say here's the other richard curtis hugh grant rom-com i think that sounds like a great idea i just want to make sure this isn't because you just purchased a a new blu-ray of i got the special edition i got the special edition blu-ray oh it it is because i wanted it to be our next film oh okay so it's chicken and egg situation that's why i get it i got it i was like oh he'll have no choice he'll have to (laughs) yeah yeah let's do it Well, one other special announcement before you run away, folks, Uh, and never run away, because sometimes we put little gags at the end completely after the credits Yeah, like the MCU. Yeah, like the MCU. Uh, Find out whether one of us get Thor's hammer. Maybe Tony Stark says it. We are starting a Patreon today. Right now. Right now. (laughs) You Um, can go find us right now. It is live. And so uh, we've been putting this out for a year, and we've been dedicating... A lot of time to it. it. It takes not only a lot of time to edit these, but also record them, find time to watch the movies, then all of our promotional stuff. It's just, it's a little bit more of a, it's a fun job, but it's, it is also a job that it's we are a job. doing right now. And we like feeding our families doing this. We love feeding our else. families. And we, we wanted to make sure that uh, we, we not only created a community around this and we've created such a good community now, we are... Ryan, we are in 34 countries at the hey, moment, yeah. which is super intimidating. I um, mean, we're available in other countries, just, just no one from any of those countries has listened. No, no, that's that's what I'm saying, is in 34 countries, people listen to us. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just saying to the other 87 countries, oh, yeah, yeah. give us a shot. Yeah, come on, come on board, <laughs> Uzbekistan. <laughs> what we'd like to do is invite you into our Patreon, where if you'd like, uh, feel free to support us, but there's going to be a lot of extras, like you can help us pick movies every week. And uh, we're going to have polls on there. We're going to have one bonus episode a month Mm -hmm. where we talk about films that aren't necessarily in the rom-com genre. But if you like rom-coms, you will probably also like these films. So they're half suggestions, half kind of our normal gig that we do here. But guess what? There are 
the first episode, the first bonus episode is available now too. Oh yeah, what did we watch? We watched Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. That's right. The first Miyazaki, big Miyazaki film, first pseudo the first epic one. Yeah, first pseudo yeah. Studio Ghibli film, and you know we we eventually want to get to all of the the Ghibli films, but we're gonna take our sweet time getting there. So this month it's uh it's Nausicaa. Next month it'll be something completely different, and we're still figuring out what that is, but it'll be fun. And we're also gonna have a blog up on the Patreon that uh, has movie suggestions. Uh, we'll do like AMAs. We'll do a bunch of fun stuff that is just extra content if you like what you're hearing here. Um, and you know, we, we, what we really also want to do is connect. And so there's also more ways to connect with us on there. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet, sweet thing about Patreon that you can like, it's like, mis- well, it's not like it's only like connections. It's, it's not like only it's like fans where you, where you like see stuff. Like, it's not like we're that. not, we're probably not going to have it's an only fans like an on only there. Fans. I'm really sorry. I don't it's think you want it. You don't want that. We do have faces for radio. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. You're beautiful, Ryan. Oh. And you got those baby <laughs> holding arms. <laughs> and again, email us at romcomgents if you uh, want to let us know. I mean, if if there was a movie that you thought deserved one of these Oscars a little bit more than like mm. you know the one we gave it to, let us know. If you're a huge Mars Blockman fan, Mars Blockman, and you thought that he deserved a little bit more time on our show, let us know. Yeah, and then find us uh, find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Talk to us Both on there, places. or email us at romcomgents at gmail.com. And fuck, I'm tired. This was a great night. Do you want to go like party somewhere? Yeah, let's party. Oh hey, wait, ScarJo, wait up! No, no, we're we're still in lockdown. Oh, we're still in lockdown. You want to go party in the living room? Yeah, I love you. I love you. <clears throat> and this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. We sound like video game characters dying. Ah!